You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Beautiful, wonderful. Thank you, Miss Daniela. Matthew chapter 13 in your Bibles this morning. If you are able to stand, make sure that you stand for the reading of God's Word. It's exciting to know all across the property. Uh, Next door, we have a nursery filled with kids. Thank you, nursery workers, for doing that so that we can focus in here. And then uh, junior church going on with all of our uh, primary and junior age kids. It's amazing to know that that's going on. So many workers that are out that usually would be sitting in here, but they're watching over those ministries. And it's hard to lose them to the ministries you want them in here, but it's amazing to have a church that has so many things going on. Be praying for them. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 1. Just follow along with me. We'll skip around to some different areas. This is just going to give us a reminder of last week because we're picking up where we left off from last Sunday morning. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. What we learn from the Gospel of Mark is that this first parable is the most important parable that Jesus ever told. He said, if you do not understand this parable, you are not going to understand all the rest of them. Do we remember what a parable is. The word literally means to lay alongside, to place alongside. You take a concept that's difficult to understand and you put next to that concept, you lay alongside that difficult concept, a simple concept. And as long as you can understand what's going on here, then you can make a correlation to what is going on here. And we're going to see exactly what's going on in just a little bit. But in this parable, Jesus is bringing out three main truths. The first truth is about his message, the the message that he's about to bring forth to the world. The second is about the target of of his message. Who is that message for? And then the third truth is about the enemy or the obstacle of his message. What is going to be the main thing that stops this message from reaching the world? Now, he says at the end, who hath ears to hear, let him hear, right? And then he goes into whosoever hath ears... To him shall be given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. If you do not have ears to hear, then you're not going to know what's going on. A parable is so incredible because it's, it will reveal to those who are seeking the truth that they are seeking for, and it will go in one ear and out the other for those who really don't want to listen. All right? So the disciples ask, what, what does the parable mean? If it's so important for us to know it, what does it mean? Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, Jesus says in verse 18. 
When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, or the devil, Satan, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, or immediately, with joy, receiveth it, Yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, because of the seed that he received, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. So you have one that doesn't take the seed at all. You have another one that takes the seed, but it ends up withering away. You have another one that grows, but other things grow with it, and no fruit comes because of it, okay? But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. By the end of the message, I'm going to give you great news. I'm going to give you good news. I'm going to give you bad news, and I'm going to give you scary news. And I might even let you, you know how people usually say, I have good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? I might give you the choice, maybe. Depends on how good you listen. Great news, good news, bad news, scary news. Focus in just for a little bit. Heavenly Father, please bless the preaching and reading of your word. Save the soul that is nearest hell. Revive backsliders. Glorify your name. And help even the saved not to get complacent but to understand that this Bible is just as much for us, just as much as those who are go for those who are going to heaven as those who are going to hell. And we need you today. We need you very desperately. Help us not to have a root of pride come in our heart. Help us not to be thinking of others as far as the application is concerned, but to be thinking of ourselves. Lord, what will you have me to do? Let that be the question. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Two weeks in a row now, I told you I am coming, I am coming for you. I'm coming for religious people who seem to believe that your way is better than the Lord's way. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But then I'm also coming for you saved people. People who are born again and people who have trusted in Jesus. People who have been washed in the blood, however you want to say it. But you're unfruitful. And that is a problem. Why, do I, why does a gardener plant a fig tree? Just to take up space? Just for it to cumber the ground? Or for it to bring forth fruit? That is the purpose of a fig tree. And therefore, if the fig tree is not bringing forth fruit, what good is the fig tree? Oh, well, it looks very beautiful. Well, that's not its purpose. Its purpose isn't to look beautiful. Its purpose is to bring forth fruit so that other fig trees can be born. And saved people, I'm glad that you're saved. I'm glad that you're born again. I'm glad that you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. But when something as big as God moves into your heart, he's got to come out in some way. And when the fruit of the Spirit does not come out in some way, when you cannot share the gospel that came to your heart, something's wrong. Something is very wrong. You either don't have it, or you have quenched the Holy Spirit so much, you've justified something deep within is going wrong. And the Lord brings that out. And he's going to bring it out in, in this parable, and we'll talk about it one step at a time. 
A saved person should be seeing fruit. And what I mean by that is a saved person should be, should have some type of desire to tell somebody else about the Savior that loved them and the Savior that saved them. If you are born again, you have been forgiven of all of your sins. You will never taste of hell one time. Do you not think you should tell somebody about that? Would you not want to tell somebody about that? We love telling people about our sports teams. We love telling people about a restaurant that we found. We love telling people about politics. We love telling people about everything. But we keep quiet about a Savior that is willing and able to forgive people of all of their sins and take them to heaven when they die by grace and by grace alone. There's a problem. There's a problem there. Or, I'm not just talking about not seeing fruit as far as souls are concerned. The Bible lists fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And when you say, when you claim to have the Holy Spirit within you, but there is none of those evidences in your life, you can say that you're a fig tree all you want, but if you've never put forth a fig, or if you're putting forth apples, and you say, oh, I'm a fig tree, you can believe whatever you want. No, you ain't. It's not good grammar, but it's good preaching. It's fine. I cut off my toes. I didn't cut off my preach. All right, so st stick through. Some of you are looking worried, like I'm going to fall. If I fall, I fall. Don't worry about it. Seriously, might, might add some entertainment. And you, I, I said, Riley, if I fall, and Jeremy, if I fall, you guys pick me up. And they said, only if we get to laugh at you first. Deal. Deal. And I'm sure they'll, they'll join in. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. You should be seeing those things in your life. How do you know that you are not unfruitful? Well, first of all, you don't see those things. You don't have love. You don't have joy. You, maybe, and, and do you realize that whenever the Holy Spirit gives something, whenever God gives something, the devil always gives a counterfeit. Yeah. Do you know what the thing about a counterfeit? The, a counterfeit doesn't pass unless it looks as close to the real thing as possible, right? So instead of love in your life, the devil's going to produce a counterfeit. What, what looks like love but isn't love? Well, you can say lust. Yeah, absolutely. But what I see is the fruit of the Spirit is love, which is unconditional. Agape is what we call it in the Greek, love. I don't care what you do for me. I love you. The devil is, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah. Yeah. And the day you stop doing for me, I stop doing for you. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. And if that's the only love that you see, Christian, there's something wrong. You see no joy in your life? What's the counterfeit? Happiness. And happiness is based on your circumstances. So when the circumstances are up, you'll be up. But as soon as you... As, as soon as something goes wrong, you lose it. That's not joy. Joy is based on the Holy Spirit that is within, and you don't need circumstances in order to determine your smile. When I see you're constantly, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, just uh, unstable. There's something wrong, saved person. There's something wrong. And do you see that that's something wrong? That the Lord doesn't want you to live your life that way. Peace, peace 
I could not describe the majority of church members with the word peace. More like worry, confusion. Long-suffering. Patience. Oh, boy. The P word. See, you can't cut that out of your Bible, safe person. You can't. It is a fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit is in there and you have a good relationship with Him, you're going to be long-suffering with people. You're going to be gentle with people. You're going to be good to people. You're going to have meekness. Meekness is strength under control. I could do this. I have every right to do this. But I'll keep it. Temperance, self-control. And do you realize you might keep things in nine times out of ten? But you let her fly that once, you will undo the nine. Husbands and wives, wives, you pride yourself on the fact, well, I've kept this in for a very long time. And then two months later, you let her fly. And you let her fly with, with color. You've just undid everything. You may as well have just talked it out at the very beginning. Temperance is constant. Not holding on for a quarter and then boom! That's not temperance at all. How do you know that you do not have these fruits? Well, I mean, just look at your life. Just look at your life. Are you a temperate person? Are you a gentle person, a good person, a meek person? Do you have faith? Or are you worrying constantly? But here's another way, a more practical way to know if you are not fruitful. You envy and you even get mad at people who do have the fruits of the Spirit. You get mad at people who do love. You get mad at people who do have joy. Why are they constantly happy all the time? They, oh, they're disgusting. No, they're a Christian. Why do they have peace? Why are they so patient? And why are they so gentle? They should be stronger, and they should be this, and they should be that. And It's a problem. It's a problem in our country. It's a problem in our world. It's a problem in our churches. This fruitlessness and this, this reliance on religion rather than a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a problem. And what I'm bringing forward to you in these messages is you have a choice. You have a personal choice to be a part of this problem or apart from this problem. No, what we said last week is your personal decision can never make the entire world do right. However, even if the entire world came against you, they do not have the power to make you do wrong. This is a personal choice that you have today. Am I going to be a part of this problem or am I going to be a part from this problem? Now, this problem is not a gospel problem, right? Not a gospel problem. The gospel is powerful. The gospel has the ability to fall on, like seed can fall on soil and bring life where death was and bring growth where barrenness was. The gospel is powerful. It's not a gospel problem. Oh, well, then it's a problem with the gospel is only for some people. Absolutely not. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. The gospel is open to everybody. And remember four different types of soils, right? Wayside soil, stony soil, thorny soil, good soil. But did the sower discriminate? No, he did not. He went to everybody. 
and sowed everywhere and sowed the gospel. Jesus was saying, because remember, Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 starts with these words, the same day. Do you know why? Because that was the very day he was openly and utterly rejected by the Jews. Now, when Jesus first came, he said, go to the Jews first. Go to the Jews first. When he sent out the 70, he said, do not go to the lost or don't go to the Gentiles. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's it. But they rejected him. And it ends with him in a house with his mother and brethren outside wanting to get in because they say he's lost his mind. You know, Holy Mary was outside wanting to talk to Jesus the same one that an angel appeared to and said he is going to save people from their sins is outside of the house desiring to speak to him when she should be inside the house desiring for him to speak to her. The same day that the Jews rejected him, he said, okay, let's talk about what I'm going to do here in my ministry. I am about to unleash a life-bringing, life-changing gospel, not just to the Jews, but to whoever has ears to hear. Amen. Everybody. And the Jews weren't going to like that. Okay? But I'm going to unleash it to everybody. So it's not a gospel problem. And it's not a spread problem. So then we have to ask ourselves, why in the world do we see the things that we see going on in our churches and in our families and in our city? Why do we see the drugs and the alcohol and this, the, the gay agenda and, and all of this mixing of the gender? Why, why do we see this going on? When there is a life-changing, life-bringing gospel that has been brought to the world, what is the problem? And Jesus says, here's what the problem is. When people hear this gospel, some of their hearts are going to be so hard, it's just going to bounce right off. It's not going to do any good. I am going to unleash a powerful, life-changing message that's open to everybody. But some of those everybodies are going to have hearts beaten down so hard. The seed, no matter how good and how powerful the seed is, is just going to bounce right off. The first time, the first time that you see a, a mention of a hardened heart in the Bible is Pharaoh. Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 4. The Bible says that he hardened his heart and that God was then going to harden his heart. And here's how, here's how it manifested. When Moses came up to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go that they may serve the Lord. This was Pharaoh's response. Who is the Lord? that I should obey him. Like that wayside ground, if you picture, okay, if you picture here like we were, like we were in a drone looking down, okay? And you had, let's say that this was a plot of land. And maybe a rich person owned that entire thing. And can you picture kind of like a grid of different plots of land? And some are big and some are small. And let's say that I owned this plot right in here. And this is where I sowed my seed. Am I cutting through everybody else's land in order to get through here? Am I walking through their wheat and their barley and their, and their crops? No. We had an understanding that you walk on the side. You walk on the side of these grids, of these plots, to get to yours. 
Now, let's engage our brain here. What happens the more and more you walk on that wayside? What happens more and more when you walk on soil? It gets compacted down to where nothing is going to, no seed is going to soak into that. It's just easy pickings for the birds, right? And Jesus says, some of you are going to be just like that wayside ground. Your heart is going to be so trampled down by your own opinion and by your own way. And when you hear the message like Pharaoh, you say, who do you think you are? That I should listen to you and that I should obey you. And even when the gospel falls onto your heart, it just bounces right off and the devil comes and he takes it off. Every week of my life, people sit in this room and they hear the gospel. They hear a life-changing, life-bringing gospel, but they walk out of here unchanged. They walk out of here lost. They walk out of here on their way to hell because they have their own way and they have their own opinion. I can tell you, it breaks my heart every time I think of it. There was a lady who sat right where you were sitting, Miss Connie. Maybe, maybe a year ago now, I would say. Very religious lady. And by the way, study your Bible. No group of people in the Bible had harder hearts than religious people. Not one of them. Very religious lady. And I was preaching the gospel, and she started breaking. And tears were coming down her face. And during the invitation time, I even asked, do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? She would not raise her hand. Would you want to trust in Jesus today? She wouldn't raise her hand. I begged and I pleaded. I did everything but call her name. I didn't know her name, but I did everything but go down to her. Maybe I should have. By the end of the message, by, by the time that we were done, she was smiling. Everything was good. She, like nothing had ever happened. And she came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, you are preaching against works, that works aren't how you get to heaven, and, and works aren't what it takes in order to get to heaven. And that really bothered me, and I was thinking about it. But you know what? They're not works. They're not works. They're blessings. They're blessings to the Lord. And how could he refuse my blessings to him? Here's what happened. Here's what happened. A powerful, life-changing gospel fell on her heart. And it started to try to sink in. The hammer of God's word was starting to break open her fallow ground, but she had a choice. Do I do my way or do I go God's way? And as she was struggling with it, the devil came along and picked it up. And she walked out of here thinking everything was good. She walked out of here thinking, I'm going to stand before the Lord someday, having blessed him by the works of my hands. And doesn't Jesus say, many, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do many wonderful works in your name? And I will confess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That is exactly what happened. A perfect illustration of here. So many people who think that their hearts are possessed by the, the dove of the spirit are actually patrolled by the crow of the devil. Just waiting. Just waiting for it to fall on so that he can take it off. And unless you let the hammer of God's word Break your will and your way. When is the last time you came to church saying, Lord, change me? 
Or do you come to church saying, Lord, encourage me. Lord, convince me that I'm doing the right thing. So many people come when they're struggling with something, and I, I, I want to find that the Lord is on my side. Wait a second, bro. <laughs> Sir, lady. <laughs> what about you being on God's side? What about you being on his side? When is the last time you came and said, Lord, change this? Because this is a problem. When's the last time you opened God's word and said, Lord, change this? You realize that everybody who has ever gone to hell has followed their own way there. And not one person who has ever gone to heaven has gotten there on their own way. Not one person. There are no hard hearts in heaven. And there are no soft ones in hell. Oh, but there's more. But there's more. See, then we say, oh, well, we're born again. We're saved. So we're good. Uh, 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 uh. I'm about to unleash a life-bringing, life-changing, life-altering gospel. But there are going to be some people, and they receive it. But they've got stuff hidden just underneath the surface. That's going to stop them from growing. That stony ground is not, I, I don't want you to picture him throwing it on gravel. That stony ground looks loose, and it looks good, and it looks black, and it looks moist. But underneath the surface are stones. You can't see them, but they're there. And because there's no deepness of earth, when the seed first dies and it starts reaching its roots down and it realizes I can't go any further, it'll shoot up. In fact, it'll shoot up quicker than a seed that can actually reach a little bit further down. And so that seed that goes on stony ground springs up right away. And it looks good. It looks healthy. It looks like it's growing. It looks green. But then the sun comes up. And because there's no root, because the stones that are hidden beneath the surface will not let it go further down, it's going to be scorched and wither away. It's not going to last long. And so Jesus says, oh yeah, people are going to hear this life-changing, life-altering gospel, and some of them are going to love it. They're going to love it. They're going to, a story? How can you not love a story about a Savior who came from heaven and died on the cross, was buried, and rose again for me to save me. How hard do you have to be not to love that kind of story? I, I love talking to, to atheists, and I ask them, if, if it was true that all your sins could be forgiven, if, if it was true that there is a God, and then he came down and he died for you, wouldn't that be good news? And none of them can deny it. Yeah, if it was true, that would be really good news. Well, if you're in your right mind, only the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. If you're in your right mind, when you hear that story, you're going to love it. And that's why you're here in church. And you look good. You look good, and that's why you're growing. You look dressed up. You, you know, all, all these different things, that's great. Outside, you look green and flourishing. But in your heart, where nobody else can see, you've got sin that's hidden just beneath the surface. See, you love the gospel. You love the gospel. But you also 
love your pornography. Now, nobody can see that. As far as everybody else is concerned, I'm green and growing. See, you love the gospel, but you also love your language. You love the gospel, but you also love your worldly music. That's all about immorality and drugs and all that. You know, <laughs> alcohol. You love the gospel, but you also love all these things that you've hidden just beneath the surface. Your TV shows, your worldly friends, your, your novels, if people still read those things, your, your gossip, your negativity, your bad attitude, your bitterness. You like holding on to those things. And nobody else can see it, so you're good. You have a good reputation. Reputation is what man thinks of you. Character is what God knows about you. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. And he, we just sang, just as I am. He loves you enough to take you just as you are. He loves you too much to leave you that way. And there will come a time when the sun of persecution and tribulation is going to come over. And here's what that means. Here's, here's very simply what that means. There will come a time where you have to make a choice, sir. And you have to make a choice, ma'am. Do I keep the gospel or do I keep my sin? Because you can't keep both. You go ahead and try to hold God's hand with one hand and hide your sin with another. You can't do it. You might do it for a little while, but as soon as the choice comes up, or as soon as the sun comes up and you realize, I either have to dig out these rocks so that my roots go down deeper, or I leave them there. You will wither away and come to nothing. I have seen many people sit in these same seats and, oh, they love the preaching and they love the Bible. And anon with joy, they received everything that was there. But time came, their friends started saying, why do you keep going to that? Why do you do that? And why don't you live this way anymore? And why don't you do that way anymore? Basically presenting, are you going to keep on doing that? Are you going to keep on living for the Lord? Or are you going to keep the sin underneath your heart? And many times they choose their sin. Or when a pastor comes up, oh, they, they, love, they love preaching until I preach on their sin. And the choice has to come. Do I get rid of it? Do I get rid of it and keep the gospel? Or do I get rid of the gospel and keep my sin? And many times they get offended and we never see him again. You cannot keep the seed of the gospel and the rocks of sin in your life at the same time. If the gospel is going to take deep root in your heart, the sin in your heart has to go because it will keep the gospel from going deep. Hey, that's not a gospel problem. And that's not a spread problem. That's a soil problem. That's a heart problem. Oh, but there's more. I'm going to unleash a life-changing message, and it's going to fall on some of you, and you're going to receive it. But as that grows, something else is going to grow along with it. Thorns are going to grow along with it. And when he says it's the cares of this world and the deceits of riches. And do you, do you notice that? The devil will use either or, either side of the spectrum, in order to quench the seed of the gospel. The cares of this world is the problem's. 
the deceits of riches, the prosperity. And the devil will use either. We seem to have this impression that if the devil is going to take you to hell, he's going to take you kicking and screaming, grabbing you by the throat and dragging you. Many times, he'll hold your hand. And he'll walk you right in. He, he takes more people to hell by making them rich than by making them poor. He takes more people to hell in comfort than he does in despair. And what do you know? The seed of the gospel comes and the enemy comes and he sows something as well. And they start growing up. And I'm weary. I am weary by seeing Christians everywhere. Well, they're not, they're not Christians. They're not disciples. They're saved. I am weary of seeing my own church members so distracted. So distracted by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. The man in Proverbs asks, are you going to pursue after riches? Are you going to pursue after what has wings? Because as soon as it looks like you're about to have control over it, it flies away. Absolutely flies away. You know, this world is not our home. I have the privilege of flying every now and then. I don't go to the airport terminal and start hanging up pictures and buying flowers and putting it in the airport terminal. You know, I'm just passing through, okay? I'm just passing through. I don't care about the terminal being more comfortable. I care about getting home. And this world is not our home. Why are we getting so distracted trying to make the terminal more comfortable when we just want to get home? And we want to take as many people with us as we can. And that's what being fruitful is about, right? Rather than trying to convince you of how pointless it is to try to serve God and mammon at the same time, rather than reminding you, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters, none. And the key, the key word in that verse is masters. You can serve plenty of things. You can serve three. You can serve four. You can serve 12. Only one master. You'll either hate the one and despise the other, hold to the one, let go of the other. Rather than reminding you of that, let me ask you, and be honest with yourself, you who sing the songs of the faith on Sunday and then blare the world's music on Monday, you who dress and talk so clean on Sundays and Wednesdays, but then you dress and talk however you want on the weekdays, you who act one way here and then act another way here, you, or there, you, you who pursue Almighty God on Sunday and you pursue the Almighty Dollar on Monday, and you who read your Bible on Sunday, but then you watch filth on Monday, and you who call on Jesus in prayer on Sunday, but then you use his name as a curse word on Monday. Let me ask you, let me just ask you, are you joyful? Are you at peace with your life? Or do you have just as much, do you have just, just enough of the world to be miserable with Jesus and just enough of Jesus to be miserable with the world? That's not a gospel problem. And that's not a spread problem. That's a heart problem. 
And that's why Jesus said, and that's why Joshua said in the Old Testament, choose, just choose. What are you going to do? Are you going to live for the world? Are you going to chase after the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches? Or are you going to accept the gospel and try to grow and be fruitful? What are you going to do? If you try to do both, you're going to live a miserable life. So just choose today. Choose. What are you going to do? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because riches are deceitful. And the cares of this world are there regardless. And I'd rather face the cares of this world with an almighty Savior behind me than alone. Amen. This world does not look the way it looks today. Our country does not look the way she looks today. Our churches do not look, and forget about other churches. Our church does not look the way she looks today because of a gospel problem. It's not because the gospel isn't powerful. And it's not because the gospel hasn't reached us. The gospel is open to anybody. And it is powerful, but it will never do anything if your heart is wrong. So I have great news. What did I say? Great news, good news, bad news, scary news. I, I already gave you the great news. Are you ready for the great news? The gospel is powerful and open to you. Okay? Your life can be changed today if you have ears to hear. That's great news. You don't have to continue in your sin. You don't have to go to hell. And you don't have to live like hell or act like hell. God gave you a gospel that is understandable and applicable to your life. Great news. What's next? Brother Landon, what do you want next? Good, bad, scary. I mean the good news. The good news is no matter how hard your heart is today, and no matter how stony your heart is, no matter how many sins you have hidden under there, and no matter how distracted you've been by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, no matter how wayside, stony, or thorny your ground is, the good news is it can always become good ground. Any wayside ground can become good ground. You just have to let the hammer of God's word break it up. And say, God, when I'm presented with my way and your way, I choose your way. <coughs> or when you have the sins and the, and, and the Bible comes and says, look, you can't keep that if you're going to keep growing. You can't keep that music. You can't keep that dress. You can't keep that friend. You can't keep that if you're going to keep growing. You have, a, you have stony ground. Here's the good news. Just reach in and throw it out. Just reach in and remove the stone. And stony ground can become good ground. Thorny ground. Hey, stop getting distracted by the job. And stop getting distracted by this. And stop getting distracted by that. I didn't put you on this world to make money. I put you on this world to make disciples. Amen. And at any time, Brother Landon, that's the good news. Bad ground can become good. Brother Cade, what's next? Scary or bad? Scary. I wish you would have said bad. <clears throat> Scary news. Some of you compare your heart to other hearts. And you think, yeah, I'm a little bit distracted, but at least I'm not hard. Right? Yeah, I'm a little distracted, but wouldn't the Lord rather have a distracted, saved person than a 
than an unsaved person? Oh, yes, you've done the Lord such a great favor. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit, I have a little bit of sin underneath there, but don't we all? Don't we all? And I know him, and he's a lot more rocky than me. And we start, we start and, and yeah, I have a little sin under there, but at least I'm not hard. At least I accepted the gospel. I'm here, right? I'm here. Back off. Here's the scary news, Brother Cade. Do you know what Wayside, Stony, and Thorny Ground all have in common? They are all equally unfruitful. They're all equally a waste of seed. So if you want to say, well, at least I'm not that, at, at least what? The seed is becoming unfruitful as much as if the devil would have come and plucked it up the first day. What are you here to do? Show forth a little growth so that man can think that you're saved? Or bring forth fruit so that man can know that you're saved? That's the scary news. A lot of Christians or a lot of saved people convince themselves, as long as I'm not that, I'm good. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. You are a waste of seed unless you have good ground. What's left? Bad news? Bad news. Bad news is it doesn't matter how good your ground is. All you have to do is start choosing your way over God's and you'll start trampling it down. It doesn't matter how good your ground is and how fruitful you were at one point. I've seen plenty of fruitful people start to hide some sin underneath their heart. And they're not even in church today. I've seen plenty of people who used to be so focused on God get double vision and thorns start sprouting up. And good ground becomes wayside, thorny, and stony. And all the fruit goes away. People who used to show forth love don't show forth love anymore. People who used to have joy don't have joy anymore. People who used to have peace don't have peace anymore. That's the bad news. But let's remember the great and the good news. The gospel's open to you. Are you open to the gospel? Because the good news is, it can change you, just like it changed a lot of other people. But you have to be open to it. So if you are saved, if you are born again, and you know it for a Bible reason, would you raise your hand by way of testimony? Don't raise your hand if you can't, but you know that you're going to heaven. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. Okay. Let me talk to you for a little bit. Are you fruitful? Are you a fruitful Christian? Are you willing to remove, and I would say the majority, the majority of Christians are, the majority of church members are stony ground. 
Are you willing to remove the sins that are hiding beneath the surface? Because right now you're thinking nobody knows. Oh, we will when persecution comes and when tribulation comes. You will reveal yourself to be who you truly are. Because you'll wither away and we'll wonder what happened to you. Or will you join, will you remove the sins or will you join the many who sat here and chose their sin over the Savior? And will you get distracted by the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches or will you focus in on following him and doing things his way? Now, if you could not raise your hand, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, are you willing to let the Holy Spirit and the Bible, are you willing to let God's word tell you this is the way? This is the way to go to heaven. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Are you willing to let that break up your heart so that the gospel can sink in? Because if you do, guys, you'll be fruitful. You'll be fruitful. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Put good seed in good ground. It will be fruitful. Some 100, some 60, some 30. But it will be fruitful. If you are an unfruitful person, not a gospel problem, not a spread problem, what's going on in here? Let God fix it this morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you say, preacher, you were talking to me. I was not able to raise my hand. I do not know Jesus as my Savior. But I have a desire to be saved. I have a desire to be saved, and I want to follow His way. I want to follow His way to heaven and not my own. Nobody is looking around except me. But if that's you, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. If that's you, you raise your hand right now and put it right back down. I will pray for you. Please, I do not know that I'm saved but I have a desire to be saved. Please pray for me. Church, if you're saved, how's your heart? Do you have some stones that need to get out today? Some thorns that need to be cut down? If you are fruitful, praise the Lord for it, but don't let any stones sneak in or thorns start growing up. Would you promise me that you would take some time with the Lord this morning? to make sure that you guard your heart, keep it right. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.